Hi, welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle, your co-host and the head witch in charge of Holisticism. And I'm Wallace, your other co-host. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, do we have a spicy one for you today? Let's get into it right now. And just before we get into this episode, I wanted to pull it back for a second and put a little disclaimer that we are not medical professionals. So Shockingly, <laughs> we're not doctors. <laughs> not sure if you thought that, but it's important for everyone to know listening. These are just our opinions and our experiences and nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. And there's validity and personal experience as people who have lived with ADHD for our whole lives. There's something there. If you're like, hmm, do I maybe have ADHD? You should totally go to a doctor and get tested. Don't try to self-test or self-diagnose yourself. Definitely go see a medical professional because that's so much more useful <laughs> than sort of wandering around in the dark. And it'll get you more answers in an age where everyone is self-diagnosing on TikTok and because of Reddit threads. It is really important to go see mental health professionals and people who have tons of experience dealing with all types of situations because not everyone has the same symptoms and not everyone has the same background. And things like complex PTSD and depression and anxiety and ADHD can all look really similarly. And until you have really the right diagnosis and understanding of the root cause of maybe what you're feeling, you're not going to be able to get a clear solution and find a clearer pathway to being the most youiest version of you, not the best version of you, but just, just the, the most. Yes, yeah, exactly. The most youiest you. So we are big fans of therapy here and definitely do your own thoughtful investigation. Go read books, go have conversations. And we're happy to share our experiences with you because the more that we do, the more we hear from other people that we're demystifying and destigmatizing some things that maybe have made people nervous or embarrassed or ashamed to talk about in the past. So that's why we share what we share. And it's our experience. Well, I share my experience. Wallace, do you share your experience? Sometimes. <laughs> That's God's honest truth right there. And uh, I'm working on it. And we hope it's useful to you. And it's a good jumping off point to continue to excavate for yourself and work with professionals if you need to. Please let us know what you think and enjoy the episode. Thank you for being here. I love you. Bye. So I got dysregulated this week. <laughs> Because just I, this week, <laughs> listen, Whoa, listen, <laughs> just don't test me. <laughs> I did once a week. <laughs> yes, I got dysregulated this week. I like that word better than triggered. When I was listening to this podcast with this, I'm not going to name names, but you can probably figure it out because you're smart. Pilates woman talks about long lean lines, which, oh my God, that's another thing that I just, we'll put a pin in that. It's another gripe. It's called genetics. It's, it's called, Exactly. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to get into exercise shit, but anyways, she was on this podcast and she was talking to somebody and she was like, oh yeah, you know, Adderall is so low vibe. It's so low vibe because, you know, I was trying to take it to like lose that last 10 pounds and all my friends are taking it to like, you know, lose that last 10 pounds. And I think that's the low vibe. I know. I was like, listen, buddy. And she was like, it's just, you know, it made me feel really bad. It made me feel really anxious. And like, it's just, a, I think it's just like really low vibe. And the host was like, agree, totally. And it's like, whoa, first off, 
what? <laughs> Second, what in the diet culture? But but also like people who actually really need Adderall or ADHD medication or any type of medication, like an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety pill or whatever. That's not the experience they have with those drugs. Like they, that's not how they work. And to like, I think so many people are afraid of treating ADHD or depression or anxiety because of like negative experiences that people have off label for prescription. And I just, it really grinded my gears. It made me, is that a term? Grinded my gears? It ground my gears? <laughs> I don't know the past, past tense. Doesn't matter. It really, it really frustrated me because I was like, this is misinformation. And then I posted a TikTok about medication and being on ADHD medication. And I got so many comments from people asking if taking some sort of prescription makes your intuition dull. And I replied back saying, actually, I think my intuition is much stronger when I have- Hell yeah. Yep. When I've treated my ADHD, because my anxiety goes down. And when my anxiety goes down, I can really hear my intuition. And oh my gosh, I got such a deluge of comments of people saying I've had the exact same experience. As soon as I started treating my ADHD, my intuition went through the roof. And I think we should talk about this. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. There's just so much. It depends on which wellness path you've been down. (laughs) But... You may have been down the path where you were also told that coffee and any form of alcohol yeah. is not to be consumed for any type of intuitive path. Totally. I mean, do you remember when it was transgressive if your yoga teacher drank wine? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, she's not a regular yoga teacher. She's a cool yoga teacher because she drinks wine, <laughs> but only wine. You weren't allowed to drink like hard liquor. No, only red wine, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and dark chocolate. Yes. And black coffee. Yes. Yes. Such a like weird puritanical moment slash like not weird, totally on brand for the wellness industrial well, complex. A spectrum, right? I definitely went down the route of being raw at one point <laughs> and then being oh convinced I had to get like three colonics a week. Oh my I God. Never did. <laughs> it's like, I can't do that. <laughs> the time. What a commitment. People who are like, oh yeah, I do a coffee enema every day. I'm like, You're, what? <laughs> That's First off, where do you get the time? It's kind of like mainlining caffeine. <laughs> it's literally going up your butt. Like, <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah, you probably get a sweet buzz, but like, no. Not for me. I'm not saying if that's for you, that's cool. Yeah. There there can just be extremes. And I think that the puritanical perspective towards medication falls in line with this too. It all comes from a similar place of control. 100p. And when we talk about the Akashic Records, one of the quote unquote rules of the Akashic Records is not to drink or do drugs 24 hours before you open your records. And I don't personally subscribe to that. It doesn't, I don't notice a difference, but I know some people do. And that's what my teachers taught me. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten lots of questions from people. Well, what about my antidepressant? Because that's technically drugs. And Mm. what about anxiety medication? And I think there's still so much shame and stigma around being medicated for your mental wellness. And I literally came from a family that was like, avoid taking Advil at all costs. Same. And I know I understand. And this is not to say if that's how you operate like that's awesome that's great for me it's not to say that there's anything wrong with that my family is just extremely Mm non-interventionalist on all accounts meanwhile (laughs) heavy drinkers (laughs) so you know so interesting right everyone has their hypocrisies well yeah i think it comes down to we've talked about this coping yeah like we find ways to cope right and there are healthy coping mechanisms and there are coping mechanisms that verge onto the unhealthy and like any any habit, any practice can be that, can be unhealthy, like in excess or when it's the only thing that you rely upon. And 
I think that that's a misconception about being medicated for anything. Well, I can speak to depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to. No, no, no. I've only realized like, oh, I think I've been depressed (laughs) my whole life in the past like two years. Interesting. (laughs) Like, so it's not normal. Yeah. Fascinating. (laughs) So what is childhood like? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, but we know, like we talk about a lot. Oh, if I didn't get enough exercise or if I didn't sleep well or Mm -hmm. if I didn't like eat well this week, then like my mood's off. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's an impact. And I think that they like these mechanisms that we use that we can control outside of ourselves, the healthy habits we rely on. You can, they only take you so far sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially like sometimes we need to rely on an external sort of like system, like medication to help us get through a difficult moment or a couple of difficult months or even like a couple of years. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. What we've talked about a lot is that is a holistic approach Yes, is not taking one thing as the end all be all panacea that is going to solve all your problems. We were joking. <laughs> Medication for ADHD is not the limitless pill. We are not Bradley Cooper. God, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't exist. No, it doesn't solve your problems. It just allows you to have space to I mean, it, it does something different for everyone. That's to each his own, but it's not something just to rely on solely. It's something that may help you get in touch with the other things that you need to feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that what you said, you know, nothing is a panacea. Celery juice is not a panacea. Like it can help with a lot of things, but it's not going to help with, I don't know, every single thing. And only that there's no one pill. That's perfect. There's a whole host of, of variables that we need to add into our lives and, you know, take away from our lives or our habits or whatever, the things that we do to find homeostasis and to find something that works for us in the moment. And that's changing constantly. And I think that there's just a general myth in the wellness space and in the mystical and spiritual space that anything structured, anything sort of right brain will kill your intuition. To me, that couldn't be farther from the truth. I think that structure actually makes you more intuitive and responding intuitively to how you are in the moment and and using every tool at your disposal thoughtfully is only going to make you a more intuitive, powerful person because it helps you understand who you are and what you need. And you can't treat yourself and be the fullest version of yourself until you know what you're capable of and what you're incapable of. And if you have depression or anxiety or ADHD or something else, that you are capable of all things. If you just exercise and eat well and get 12 hours of sleep a night, like an infant, I think that's like ableist and it's just flat out wrong. Well, it's also not understanding that Balance looks different for everyone. Holistic mm-hmm. care looks different for everyone. And again, there isn't a one size fits all. Brandy Melville. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're always going to try and put us in a box. <laughs> yeah, well said. <laughs> Brandy Melville. But it's true. It, it isn't one size fits all, which I think we all know here. But it's sometimes hard to remember that. Yeah. And, and it's annoying because, yeah. like, it means that you're constantly changing, which means, like, fuck, you can't turn off and go on autopilot and be like, if I just take all these things, I'll be fine because life happens to you, which is, I think what happened with the pandemic. A lot of people 
had their total external structure in order, right? Like this is how I work in this environment and I do these things and I go to this class every every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and I drink the same juice every day. And then the pandemic threw us out of our normal tasks and routines. And we maybe realized, oh my gosh, I don't cope as well as I thought. I'm not maybe as healthy or I'm maybe a bit more rigid mm-hmm. than I realized. Mm-hmm. And having that resilience and being able to respond constantly to the stimulus that's in our environment is necessary for our growth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we see this actually like quite a bit in the wellness and well-being space. And this is like a bit off topic, but like people not growing because they're so ad- addicted, for lack of a better word, to their morning routine, the things that they do, eating at the same places, doing the same routines, reading the same books, listening to the same people, mm-hmm. that they stay static and stuck because they're just they're not actually really living. They're kind of just like going through the motions trying to keep their head above water or looking for the thing that's going to be the thing that breaks them out of that thing they're trying to break out of Mm -hmm. i've been there we've all been there oh i probably still there (laughs) cbh still searching (laughs) no but really i it's it's an evolution it's a spiral it is. And we talk a lot about building structure for intuitive and creative squiggly brained people because it's really important for your well-being to have structure. And I think part of that starts where you start building structure is noticing what you're incapable of. And that's so antithetical to millennial boss babe sort of like hustle culture grind beliefs of like you can do anything. You can do fucking anything and everything or capitalism you can be a great worker just keep working (laughs) you can do anything just keep working (laughs) exactly exactly one day you will be the one percent if you just keep working you're not working hard enough that's your problem and i don't think it's very popular to say like oh i'm incapable of doing something if you say that out loud people will be like no you're You're just not trying hard enough or like you're so capable just believe in yourself you're so capable and that's so nice but it's also just not true there are many things that like we are not capable of and that's okay it's actually like a blessing to acknowledge what you're not capable of because it frees up your attention to focus on what you're really fucking good at and to ask for help for things that you suck at instead of beating yourself up about them and being like, ugh, why can't I text my friends back? Like I'm such a shitty, narcissistic asshole loser. Instead of thinking that about yourself, maybe if you have ADHD and you have object impermanence, which applies to people too, someone's out of sight, they're out of mind and you forget that they exist and you're not good at keeping up with long distance relationships, Instead of saying like, I'm just a bad friend who apparently no one likes, you might rethink that. Like, oh, actually, I'm just incapable of casually calling someone on the phone. I need to create a system for myself to stay in touch with my friends so that I can have those long-term relationships that are really meaningful and important to me. No, but it's true. It's like when you externalize some of your own negative self-talk in those areas, it's just hard to believe how hard we are on ourselves. And that anxiety shame spiral comes from having this area where you're not very strong in, but you feel like you should be. I'm just behind. I'm fucked up. And we wanted to shout out Phil. I can't say his his name (laughs) because I want to say it in French. I think it's Phil Boissière, if it was... (laughs) Now you have to speak in French the whole time. On va parler en français. I think it's Boisier. Anyways, I'm pretty sure he works in Silicon Valley, but he wrote this really awesome book. He's a cognitive therapist specializing in ADHD. And he wrote this really awesome book about how to cope with adult ADHD. And one of the things that he talks about in the beginning of the book is figuring out your strengths and weaknesses in your areas of executive function. So he has a little quiz and you go through different areas, including attention and focus, organizing and planning, mental flexibility, 
emotional regulation, and impulsivity. And it's really illuminating after this quick little test. You just kind of read over a few of the bullet points and you kind of intuitively know. You're like, oh, <laughs> drag me. <why> don't you? <laughs> or you're like, okay, I'm not so bad in that area. And another thing that I really appreciate about his perspective is that managing ADHD is something that is a lifelong learning process. Mm-hmm. And similar to physical exercise, it's constantly evolving and it's a muscle like you can work on your mental flexibility. You can work on your attention and focus. You can work on your impulsivity. And these are areas of executive function in your prefrontal cortex that are plastic and malleable. That's such a good point. Also, the exercise metaphor is good. It's really good because mm-hmm. you can be in like amazing shape and really have things dialed and then kind of kick back on your exercise for a bit and you kind of get out of shape, right? You don't totally it's not like all or not but like yeah you kind of got to stay up on your game and there are always going to be some areas where you're maybe a little bit weaker mm-hmm. or areas of opportunity as they say and then other areas where you're just naturally a little bit more gifted or a bit more capable calves you know you have strong calves and weak triceps <laughs> my calves are insane I've, they've you're actually a dancer yeah yeah they've always they've always, they've always embarrassed me really mm-hmm. they're very big i love it i love a strong calf <laughs> i mean I have no choice. <laughs> it's my lot in life. Yeah. There you go. I love talking about executive function and dysfunction. And like, if you're listening to this, and you're like, I don't have ADHD. That's fine. Everyone has an area. We're not all perfect in all of these areas. Yeah. And I think the cool thing when we talk about being squiggly brained or creative or being someone who has ADD or ADHD is that the things that happen to us are amplified. They're maybe more extreme. But I think everyone sort of experiences them in some way. And if you can manage ADD or ADHD, you linear brain people are going to be great when you apply these systems for yourself. Well, I was just thinking um, one of my areas of um, weakness is attention and focus. And <laughs> did you forget where you were? Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like <laughs> but it shows up. Is it this area? Whatever area that it shows up where you leave shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. This is true. I always leave presents for people. You do. My glasses. You do. I remember like the first time we hung out, you were like, so I like leave things when I know I want to come back somewhere. It's not on purpose. (laughs) It's kind of like my love language. I like you. I trust you. Here's all my stuff. That day you left like some gold rings at my house. And it's like, oh, so she likes me, likes me. (laughs) Oh, she really likes me. And... I have to try and put systems in place to help me with this. Have I mastered those systems? No. (laughs) But am I always working on it? Yes. But like even you saying, I leave stuff everywhere. Yeah. It's hard for me. Is helpful, right? Like you telling me that because I'm with you a lot when we're working with like wires and things. And I'll be like, oh, well, I left everything here. I got it. So it's really cool. I highly recommend checking out his book, Phil Boissier. What's the name of the book? Thriving with Adult ADHD. Nice. I definitely bought that book because you said it was good. I can't wait to read it. I haven't cannonballed into it. Plunged. Yeah. And knowing where you have capabilities and where you don't have capabilities, where you're incapable, it can be tricky, you know, but a good way to sort of check is to notice where you have buildup, not like plaque or tartar buildup. But where do you have energy that's stuck? Look around your house or your room, or maybe you're in your car. Is there a pile of shit anywhere? <laughs> the wall is your face. about this as I left the house. <laughs> yes. So like, look around your house. Where is there something that there's a buildup? There's a blockage there. Like for us, it used to be right next to our door. We have a couch and I would just like throw everything there. 
Like everything would live there on this couch. No one could sit there. No one could sit on the couch because my stuff was there on the couch, shoes, everything. And that really frustrated Ethan or sweet baby Virgo angel. And that was an area where I started to notice no matter what, no matter how much I wanted to hang up my coat, how badly I wanted to just put my purse down somewhere else, any, literally anywhere else in the room. I couldn't do it. it. I wouldn't think of it. It mattered to me because I didn't want to make Ethan mad. And I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but I just was almost incapable of doing it. And then, so I told him this, it's like, listen, I love you so much. I'm incapable. Can we put something here, like a little console table or something so I can put my things there instead of on the couch? So he's like, okay, sure. Let's try. Dude, we haven't had a pile in like six months because we just got this, we got this console table, put it next to the door. It's like small, cute. We put everything on there. I put my keys and my wallet and my sunglasses. There's places to put everything in and the clutter is gone. But that's just because we created a new system because the old system wasn't working for me. It wasn't working for us. And you can apply this to like your email inbox, to your text messages, to like your doom pile of clothes on the, I don't know, on the floor next to your bed that are like not dirty, but they're not clean. Like, why don't you just put them away? That's not, you're not like a bad person. It's just that that system is not working and you need to find a new system that can work for you. And that's where you start brainstorming, right? Maybe if you've got a doom pile, it's like, okay, these things aren't making it to the closet. Why? Is there a way that I can like make it easier for me to put those things away? Can I install, I don't know, a little bar to like hang things up? Can I get open shelving? Can I figure out a new way to do this, a new system to make this happen? And that's, I think, where we, we want to start because when we create a new system that actually suits us and what we're incapable of, it makes it so much easier to focus on the things that you're amazing at because instead of having shame and anxiety and just like stress over what you suck at and beating yourself up internally about it, you can just like wipe the slate clean and be like, cool, did that. Now I can focus on what I'm amazing at and spend my energy there. This is the first time I'm living on my own, like solo. I briefly did in college, but I had a boyfriend who crashed on the couch a lot, so it didn't count. <laughs> and I was thinking about that because I have a few systems that aren't working because I'm really slow to get furniture. I'm very picky. <laughs> I yes. have a dresser now. Yes. Great. But I was looking around. I was like, only I'm experiencing this. No one is here to hold me accountable mm -hmm. to be like, this cannot work. What do you do to create accountability if it's just you, yourself, and Irene <laughs> working on your system? That's such a good question. I think you have to ask, what are my, what's my lack of systems costing me? Yeah. So like, is it your peace, you yeah, know? Mental stability. Right. <laughs> yeah. Emotional regulation. But, yeah. But, or even just like attention, right? Like yeah. if I'm spending even an eighth of my attention of the time that I spend in my house being like, oh God, I fucking suck. I'm such a slob. I'm so right. gross. Right. Blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of mental space. That's a, Yeah, that's a lot of wasted space that you're like putting on negative self-talk. And no amount of shadow work in the world can help you with that because if you keep creating actions or the environment for your actions to reflect the negative parts of you that you hate or that you're afraid of and you don't give yourself the option to be in action, to be the person you know you can be, who is like, organized, clean, thoughtful, caring, all the things. No amount of shadow work can help with that. You need to help yourself get into action to be who you really are. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday, just specifically like touching on shadow work and how shadow work is not a panacea. Yes. It's not going to just like you do shadow work and then you manifest your dreams. Like that <laughs> yeah. is what- No matter what people of, will tell you. <laughs> manifestation courses want to tell you. <laughs> 
They really do. They do. And we love shadow work. Yeah. We love it. Love it. And it's so helpful, but it needs to go in tandem with other things. Yes. Things that can create actionable results. It's like, what is it? You're like... Excavating. Thank you. (laughs) Wallace had a very tiny, tiny shovel, the smallest shovel that she was just air shoveling. You know, even if you have a small shovel, you can start there. (laughs) You can. Yeah. And that brings it full circle to what we started this episode with, which is like, there's no one thing that's going to do all this stuff. And being spiritual and spiritual practices to love yourself more and to accept yourself fully are really important. Also, giving yourself healthy systems so that you can cope with the way that your brain works, super important. And eating well and exercising and moving your body, also really important. And potentially, if you have a chemical imbalance, medication might be really important for you too. Mm -hmm. And like all of these things work together. No one thing is going to keep you on track. And to rely on one only, it, it reminds me of disorder. Mm-hmm. Like some all or nothing thinking, sort of like a cognitive distortion. But I also think that's what marketing and capitalism relies on. So we almost always have to excavate the sneaking belief mm-hmm. that we have of right now. I'm like, ASAP body wash will solve all my problems. <laughs> and I have to unearth that and be like, will it though? It might help a little. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Sometimes things really help mm-hmm. in a moment. Mm-hmm. They can change everything for us. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the ASAP really can. I'm still obsessed with my face lotion. It's the best face lotion I've ever had in my entire life. I'll tell, any, I'll tell anyone. Please sponsor us. Elemental face lotion. Please sponsor me. So, yeah. <laughs> you just want to be chuggy and you can't. Do you think ASAP's chuggy? Really? Kind of. I think Bath and Body Works is chuggy. I actually... <laughs> Well, that's next level. I don't even know if they those is that still. did that circle all the way around back. It went through Chugi and now it's back to cool. It's like ironic. So, yeah, I don't know about that. I think there's a lot of red dye number three in their products. Yeah. No, that's that's a huge claim. That is not true. <laughs> don't sue us. Yeah. No, I actually heard someone say, yeah, they have a point. Everything once you're over 30 is Chugi. Like you're just not. I, in yeah, the demo. Also, everyone, we're being very sarcastic when we use the term Chugi. We understand oh, yeah. it's misogynistic and classist implications. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. But you get what we're saying. In the culture, not of it. Yes. There we go. <laughs> we like to think. You guys can correct us. We can stand corrected. We can. We're open to it. Bringing it back around to Aesop Body Wash. <laughs> this plane. The shadow work. What prompted you bringing that up to me? Because it was kind of the end of the day. And you were like, oh my God. <laughs> Yo. Squiggly Brain Social Club. Yeah. What was I saying? You're like, I think I was, I was thinking about how much of my own shadow work Let's get personal. So much of my shadow work is like, I'm not a nice person. I'm not a kind person. I'm not a thoughtful person. I'm selfish. I'm a narcissist. And part of that is from trauma, traumatic experiences that I had. Part of it is societal sort of like expectations or things that have been pushed on me. And also I think part of it is like, I did all that shadow work, right? I worked really hard to move past those thoughts. And I go to therapy like twice a week, you know? And it wasn't really until I started acknowledging that a lot of my shadow came from symptoms of unmanaged ADHD that I was able to really truly believe that I am not a selfish, narcissistic asshole piece of shit. Mm -hmm. I genuinely thought that because I was like, I know I can be a good friend if I just try harder, Mm -hmm. if I just try harder. But after a certain point, I don't have 
energy left. Mm -hmm. And I felt so stupid. This is my silly thing is I'm really bad at replying to text messages. If I get them in the middle of the day, it's really hard for me to focus on my work. And so I'll try to get to them at the end of the day. But often by the end of the day, I'm really tired. And when I'm talking to my friends, I want to give them my whole attention and energy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I'll wait until I'm replenished to reply to this text message. Mm -hmm. And then it's like seven weeks later and I'm like, oh, it's too far gone. Yeah. Like I haven't replied back to my best friend who's like, are you excited for your wedding? And I'm like, oh my God, I suck. I suck. I'm the worst person. It's not because I don't love her. I love yeah. her so much. Yeah. It's that because of the way my brain works and because of what I need to do in order to manage day to day, that's just not possible for me. That's not in my capability set mm. to do that sort of unstructured on my own accord. So what I do need is a reminder in my calendar where I literally will go through Actually, it's usually when I'm cooking at the end of the day, I will go through all my text messages and reply to everyone and like try to get back to everyone at the same time. And because it's the end of the day, people aren't mad if I don't text them back because it's like, oh, it's the night. It's all good. And that's what I need to do. I also put a reminder in my planner to reach out to my friends at the beginning of the month and be like, schedule dinner, schedule hangout time. Cause that's just like, that's what you gotta do. It's not easy for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not capable of doing that without a system. Did you have resistance to doing that? Yeah. Cause I was like, yeah. what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why can't I do that? That must mean I'm selfish. It must mean that I'm so self-centered and narcissistic. And I have my priorities all fucked up because that's not the most important thing in the world to me, even though it is, it's really important, but my actions don't reflect its importance. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's a me problem. That's a hundred percent a me problem. I must be lying to myself. It's not. Like I've done that work. And now that I know it's an ADHD thing, it's called object impermanence. If people are out of sight, they're out of mind. I know that now. And I'm like, oh, right. That's what this is. Great. I can just fix it. Instead of like beating myself up about it and making making meaning of it, mm-hmm. I can just fix it. Mm-hmm. And again, that like frees up so much more energy for me to do other things. Absolutely. Because it's not taking up that mental load. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so if you think you're a shitty friend, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not. <laughs> but maybe you are. <laughs> and that's okay too. Hey. Because you can work on that if you want to. Yeah. You also like, sometimes we go through a phase where we have no friends. Yeah, it's true. Especially if you're in a relation. Yeah. You know, I heard actually that it's part of Dunbar's law of can only maintain 150 connections. I think you told me this and it freaked me out. Like, continue, please, for the listeners. When you get into a new relationship, like two relationships, essentially <laughs> like close die off. ones, right? Like you're kind of like mid circle. Mid circle. Die off. I'd say that's legit. I think it's interesting to think about that in terms of what our capacities are Mm -hmm. and that we can only do so much and everyone has an area. Mm -hmm. Like that you should see my mailbox. (laughs) Also see, I get defensive. I'm like, why is there still mail? (laughs) I thought everything was paperless other than my beautiful friends who send me cards. And I think that's amazing that you can do that because I struggled to get to the post office, period. Yes. I don't even know where one is. I mean, like, that's why I don't buy things that I might have to return because I I won't do it. Yes. I have a pair of Everlane pants that have literally been sitting in our front room for a year and a half. I just haven't returned. I'm just going to sew them now at this point. I can't return them. I think that it never occurred to me that I wasn't broken or that maybe I'm not the problem. I'm not the problem to be fixed. Mm -hmm. That maybe the problem to be fixed is outside of me. It's in the systems that I'm surrounding myself with Mm -hmm. and the rooms that I'm in. And maybe even the people that I'm hanging out with or the belief systems that I'm that are circulating around me that maybe don't work for me. And I'm not saying put blinders on and pretend that you're perfect and that you don't need to change. But I think for a lot of us who think differently, maybe have squiggly brains or whatever other stuff, we just thought 
it was us. Mm-hmm. And wow, how amazing would it be <laughs> to like find a system that actually works for you, that fits for you and how that would change everything for you and open up your intuition, your creativity, your passion, your play, your delight, your your brain space, your cognition to focus on the things that you you really do care about as opposed to beating yourself up for not being like everyone else. And in turn, I think having more compassion for other people and their areas of opportunity, because I was talking to a friend about this who recently started to go to couples therapy with her long-term partner. And from the outside perspective, I was always like, they have the strongest relationship ever. And, you know, everyone goes through their stuff, but he was diagnosed with ADHD later in life. And they started to go to couples therapy for that specifically. Wow. Because what my friend was realizing, they were like, I've been blaming my partner mm-hmm. for all of these things that I thought were his incapability. And I was frustrated with them. And, and they bothered me because those things came so easily to me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand why he couldn't like close the cupboard or, you know. <laughs> whatever find where he parked the car both of us hang our head in shame (laughs) and I just thought it was really interesting because she was like you know I'm able to have so much more compassion for my partner because I can see how this is not something he's been just being lazy about it's really just something he's always struggled with and not known how to cope with and create systems that work and so they're now doing that together and I think it's so sweet because they're really trying to find those balances because of course there's areas where he's stronger and and I think that's what this journey of learning a little bit more about squiggly brains ADHD whatever you want to call it has done for me of Thinking about the people in my life who I've maybe judged for something that I was insecure about my, in myself and how much more compassion it's given to just be like, ah, you're just a flawed human trying to send mail, but <laughs> don't understand yes. why you can't do it. Yep. That's such a good example. Yeah. My, my dad has ADHD and I have ADHD and we'll wrap it up here. But my mom, my whole life, it always felt like me and my dad were against her because we don't see things the same way that she sees them. And when my dad got diagnosed with ADHD at like 65, my mom called me and she like truly had this breakthrough moment where she was like, I get it. You guys aren't against me. You're not like trying. It's not that you don't care about me. It's that you just think really differently than I do. So like, yeah, closing the cupboards, I would never remember to do that. It would make her so upset. She'd say like, you don't care about me because you don't remember what I ask you to do. It's mm. so small. It becomes Why, personal. Exactly. Yeah. Why can't you do this one thing that I ask you to do? And now she she really like gets it. And it has opened up all of our relationships so much because it's not sweet. Yeah, it's not like something personal that we're holding against her. Or that mm. she can hold again, that she wants to hold against us. It's like, mm. oh, yeah, we just work differently. Yeah. And that's cool. Well, we're going to have an, another episode coming out next week that talks about systems that I think you guys will really like. But our course, Notion for Magical Baddies, System Spells, we talk a lot about this and like creating systems that work for you. And it's less about the structure of a system and it's more about how to understand yourself. And what works for you and what doesn't work for you and what motivates you and what doesn't motivate you because we don't, we're not really like offered that as a tool. And that is a tool of well-being and that opens up your intuition and your magic and play and like for you to live your purpose and have a more full and wonderful life. So we'll link to that in the show notes and Monday hour one. Oh yeah. So we'll link to the Monday hour one template and a little video that goes with it. But basically if you want to start structuring your weeks, it's the best. It's the best system. In my opinion. Yeah, it frees you up. Yeah, so that's it. Let us know if you liked this. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know our areas of opportunity. Please DM us <laughs> yeah. on Instagram. Shoot us on a subtle text message. Let us know if you want to hear more or less of this. 
Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. We love you. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. For sticking around for this long. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.